to the SC Prep Insider Podcast. My name is Jeff Dulac, and once again, I'm joined by Scott Bernstein. Uh, Scott, what's going on today? Nothing. We'll talk a little recruiting. You know, that's my bread and butter. So, that's right. Uh, I love talking uh, prospecting and where kids are going to land, where what schools are, uh, you know, getting hot on certain kids. So uh, let's uh, start it up. Right, and it really seems like this is the time of year, um, kind of middle of the high school football season, where recruiting seems to pick up. You know, the the 18 guys um, pick up. Well, the seniors, I should say, pick up kind of their last chance at, at getting big time scholar, college scholarship offers or they uh, set or they set the uh, set the groundwork for it and right then, you know yeah. some kids uh, first five weeks of the season yeah. you get a good feel of what they are and then the certain schools that might not have been on them uh, maybe start to, to show interest and then maybe even if they don't offer um, during the season there's right. a good chance some of these kids will, will get the offers mm-hmm. they're looking for uh, you know in the in the couple months in between the season being over with yeah. and signing day. I feel like schools um, will make kind of a list of the guys that they aren't hundred percent sold on and yeah, you know, wait, make, it's like a wait and see list. Make make sure you know what, what they find out what they want to find out yeah. during the camp season. Yeah, for sure. Um, and but, then there's then there are kids that are like the mid major recruits mm-hmm. that are looking to get the bigger offers, and then the, a lot of times their senior season is, is where the bigger offers would come in. Right. And uh, just real quick, want to remind everybody that we are sponsored by Hungry Howie's Dough Raiser. Your next fundraiser comes with flavored crust and diversified members credit union. Go to dmcu.org to learn more. You know, we're, we're going to pick up with kind of the, the big news of the weekend that came out on Saturday regarding, you know, recruiting in the in the state of Michigan. Uh, Oak Park 2019 quarterback, Dewan Mathis, probably the best quarterback out of the 2019 class. I, I would say he's the best quarterback in terms of Pros- upside, upside potential. That's fair. I don't know if, as we see him right now, you could say he's the best. Maybe you could right. argue he's the best. I don't think it's a undis- I don't think it's an undisputed argument. Yeah, I think but I think fair. what is undisputed, in my opinion, is in terms of what we're talking about in a couple years, he has a chance to be very special. Yeah, yeah. Um, he committed to Michigan State on Saturday. He was up in Lansing for a visit, um, and kind of you know there there was talk that he was going to commit before the season started. I think he wanted to hold off, see what his options were, make sure nothing you know came in last minute. This was an Iowa State commit yep, that's right. uh, as of back in the winter yep. um, who started to get a lot bigger offers yeah. and got the Michigan State offer, I believe, in late July. Yeah, I, th- I think it was either mid or late July. Um, but I think he had one more strong showing in the camp season. You know, the, the underwear Olympics, as yeah, Tom well, Markowski pass- so affectionately calls it. There's no question. I mean, the, the kid passes the eye test yes. with flying colors. He's 6'5", mm-hmm. 200 pounds, dual threat, big arm, yep. uh, very um, was a great shi- shifty in, in his uh, ability to to um, get out of the pocket and, and, and get yardage with his legs. Right. Um, it's just, uh, for me, it's, just, it's a question of... Um, Learning some of the when I watch him play, like I said, the, the potential and the the raw athleticism, the raw instinct is mm-hmm. all there. It's just kind of smoothing out some of the particulars and right. some of the specifics of of, of the trade of the mm-hmm. learning the quarterback spot, learning the that kind, kind of, of ins and outs, yeah. the nooks and crannies of, of of the job. But in terms of what he can do. Um, under center, just naturally throwing the ball and running the ball. Right. I mean, he he's an incredibly um, gifted. He's he's an, he's an incredibly yeah incredibly gifted and someone that um, it, it's not shocking to see that uh, the, the the college scouts are are, are kind of um, you know wagging their tongues at, at what at what they see. Right. And, and you know, Duan is a guy that we we've heard about since he started his high school career over at Belleville. He was highly regarded. You know, this he was one of three really highly regarded quarterbacks going into high school. Yeah, with Sam Johnson. We had Sam Johnson, who is now at Wild Lake Western, but started at Southfield. Um, you had have Mariano Villani, who was at Brother Rice, and he was really well regarded coming out of middle school. Sam Johnson was the best one coming yeah. out of. In, in term, I should say that he was the most highly. Uh, regarded. Re- regarded and right. and ranked coming out of um, middle school. I I have I have a fundamental issue with ranking seventh and eighth graders, but that <laughs> said, right. he was the uh, according to some uh, scouting sites, he was the number one quarterback in the whole country in the class of uh, 2019, and he had uh, a number of scholarship Division one scholarship offers before he he took his first snap as a freshman right. uh, under center for South of the Ante. Right, and and you know the. You know, looking at Duan's game and kind of how he's come along, especially the last two years at Oak Park, you know, you you almost wonder if you know we we've talked about this since Greg Carter arrived at Oak Park. You know, when is Oak Park going to take that big step forward? Um, and to be honest, I think whenever that time is, it's going to be when Duan yeah. Mathis. They takes haven't that had. Big step they forward. haven't had. Um 
you know, again, all due respect to the signal callers that they've had um, right. un- under center there since th- since uh, Greg Carter got there. They haven't had anyone with anywhere close to the um, to the skill set that that Dwan has. Right, and and you know the the thing with Dwan, and I think the thing that's so. Um, I guess tantalizing when it comes to college recruiting, college scouting is, is his size, is his frame. You know, regardless of what you think of him right now, what you know, whether how polished you think he is or not, there there's nothing but room to grow, oh, yeah. room to fill into that frame. Um, you know, you and I were talking before we went on the podcast. You know, Josh Helmholtz, who's a, a very well respected you scout. Know, scout, you know, works for Rivals, I believe. Um, he, he tweeted this out uh, yesterday saying that 2019 four-star Dwan Mathis is the best Michigan State quarterback commit I've scouted in 15 years. That's I, I, some it's, really it's, high it's, praise. It's pretty high praise. And I, 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 the only thing I would take, I don't want to say umbrage, the only thing that I would correct in that, I, I would say possibly uh, for Michigan, you know, talking about uh, he, he might be one of the best uh, natural skill sets that I've seen in 15 mm-hmm. years. I, I don't know. I think it's a bit of a stretch to say he's the best quarterback prospect he's seen in 15 right. years. I don't know. I, right. All, I, Josh does a great job. Yeah. And it's he, his opinion. And he everyone knows has way their, more about every, recruiting yeah, than I ever Yeah, know. right. Everyone has their opinion. But in my scouting room for two years, I, I definitely put him up there with. I mean, I, I I remember seeing him for the first time. Um, in the in the in the um, two thousand the, the summer of two thousand sixteen, mm-hmm. I didn't see him when he was a freshman at Belleville, but I saw him when he first got over to Oak Park, and I was blown away by what I saw. I mean, like I said, he passed the eye test, like right. uh, you know, with a, with an A plus mm-hmm. plus. Um, but at the high school level, he's a very good quarterback. I wouldn't say right now he's a great quarterback. He has the potential to be a great quarterback. Right. So. Um, I guess if he's talking about um, simply as a prospect, uh, going, uh, getting, you know, what, what you're seeing, uh, what what you will see in East Lansing, um, I can get behind that. But if he's talking about as what he's seen on the high school uh, gridiron, I don't know if you could say personally. I don't know if I could say he's he's the top quarterback prospect I've seen in 15 years. Right. You know it. You know, you kind of look at, at the Michigan State quarterback crop. Um, we've seen Kirk Cousins who went through. We've seen Connor Cook. Now we've seen Brian Lewerke. Um, the one thing that I guess kind of at, you know might be of credibility towards that statement is these guys weren't superly super highly recruited guys coming out of high school. You know, Kirk Cousins got his offer from Michigan State the last possible second, and he jumped on it and turned out to be a, a, a great fit for both sides. Um, Connor Cook, to be honest, I don't know a whole lot about what he was in high school, but I don't remember you know hearing his name as one of these you know end all be all quarterbacks. Came from Ohio, yeah. he was like a, I was a three star, right? You know. Um, and Brian Lewerke heard a little bit, but but not like that. So maybe in terms of oh, of hype and kind of hype around the the his recruitment and his intangibles that could lead to him being a good college quarterback. Sounds like we're um, bashing on Dwan Mathis. I, I don't want to. I don't. No, want I, not but, at all. But I will say, talking about someone who's at Michigan State right now, and again, all due respect to Dwan Mathis and all due respect to Josh Hemholt, but Tristan Jackson as a quarterback at West Bloomfield. Mm-hmm. That was. I mean, he didn't end up at quarterback in right. in the Big Ten, but in my opinion, he he was someone that I could have looked at and said, "This is one of the best quarterback uh, prospects I've seen in 15 years." He ended up as a wide receiver, right. but as a six three, uh, six four dual threat quarterback, or six, I think he's about six three, six six four. So six, I three, think he's six, four, a little bit. Uh, as a dual threat quarterback at West Bloomfield, he was just amazing. Mm-hmm. That's why I called him Action Jackson. Right. But here's the thing where I'll differ with you on that, where whereas looking at Tristan Jackson at the high school level, Tristan Jackson to me was a fantastic athlete playing the quarterback position. It was almost kind of like what people believed with Denard Robinson at Michigan. You know, not a great quarterback, but a fantastic athlete. I think Tristan Jackson was like three times the quarterback than Denard <laughs> Robinson. Denard Robinson I, was a I stat mean, machine. I mean, I agree, but you get the kind of the, the yeah. comparison I'm trying to bring up there. Denard Robinson um, couldn't, like, my mom could throw as well as Denard <laughs> Robinson. Um, but with, with Dwan Mathis, I think as a quarterback, if you're looking at him as purely a quarterback, I think he is he's one of the best quarterback prospects I've seen. You know, he's got a cannon of. Yeah, what I guess right. we're splitting hairs with how you say prospect. Right. So uh, again, I apologize to Josh or to Dewan. I guess you could define prospect in, in a number of uh, right. different ways. Um, there's no question that you know this kid is, has a boatload of talent and has just a tremendous opportunity mm-hmm. to go over to go down to go out to East Lansing in a couple years and become a superstar. Right. You know, I kind of like what you said. I think 
out of any quarterback I've seen probably, you know, I've, I've been covering high school sports for 10 years, out of any quarterback that I've covered, Dwan Mathis probably has the highest upside of, yeah. of any guy I've covered. You yeah, know, I would say that too. You, you know, um, so I, I think there's that, and I think that's, you know, why Michigan State, you know, wanted him so badly. I know he was a really high priority for Michigan State um, just because that upside is, is tremendous. And I think he's got a huge arm. He's got to work a little yeah. bit on his touch and right. his underneath routes, but right. huge arm and um, great instinct to uh, get out of the pocket and um, do damage uh, with with the wheels. Right. And our buddy uh, Alan True, I'll give him kind of the last word on this, um, uh, writing about um, Mathis's commitment to Michigan State. He said, anytime you can add a top in-state prospect into the fold, that's an exciting pickup for the Spartans. Um, have zeroed in on Mathis for several months. He has great physical talent and just needs to continue to polish himself as a quarterback, which right. I think is spot on. Which is what we just said. Right. And I think, you know, as he improves and kind of... You know, learning learning the position, learning the trade. Right. Kind of smooths out certain yeah. certain aspects of his game, I think, you know, in the long run, this could be a, just a fi- It's just a fine-tuning. Right. Absolutely. It's uh, the... the the, the status of um, you know the the diamond I wouldn't even say diamond in the rough but it, it, it's like a you know an unpolished diamond or an unpolished ruby I mean right. the, the value is there you just gotta kind of like you said smooth out some of the rough edges right and speaking of Michigan State uh, the Spartans got another big time commit this one out of the 2018 class Detroit UD Jesuit three star running back Elijah Collins announced his commitment to Michigan State on Friday. Um, that you know, Michigan State's been looking for a, a running back out of their 2018 class. It seems like they filled it with uh, Collins. Um, it's one know. of these kids that I don't think realized until last year that he was destined for the football field in college. Right. I think he saw himself his first couple years uh, in high school as a basketball recruit. Mm-hmm. Um, his brother, Gary Collins, was a star basketball That's player right. for, for UDJ, and he, I believe he played with Gary when he was a when Elijah was a freshman and Gary mm-hmm. was a senior, um, and Elijah was a, a a big part of that University of Detroit Jesuit basketball yeah. Class A state championship, and then uh, played a little bit as a sophomore. Mm-hmm. Uh, Do you play JV as a sophomore for foot for football? I have no idea. Uh, if he played varsity as a sophomore, it, it, he took limited snaps, right. and then last year as a as a junior, um, really exploded onto the recruiting scene, and it became pretty evident after you know pretty much at the midway point of. Of, of the 2016 season that this is a kid that's a big time college football right. recruit and uh, probably uh, without question actually uh, has more potential at, 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 on the gridiron than he does on the hardwood and that's right. you know he's a very good basketball player but I think as yeah, a basketball really player is. he would have been a low division one he's kind uh, of that stopper for that team too yeah. defensively he would have been a low division one um, basketball prospect mm-hmm. mid-major guy and I think uh, or I don't think I know uh, at, at the college football um, level he, he is a he's a big time recruit yeah. that can play uh, in in the power conferences and have the potential uh, to go next level and, and play on Sundays. Right, he he's a guy that you you look at. Um, he's a guy that you look at and you you see um, just all the the potential in the world athletically. You know when like you were saying he didn't realize you know until after his sophomore year that you know maybe my future is on the the football field. When I first saw Elijah Collins as a, a freshman basketball player playing with you know Cassius Winston, Ike E.K., Greggy Boy Bowden, um, you know kind of a star-studded basketball team, my only thought was, oh, he's the next superstar basketball player to come through UD Jesuit. You know, he's going to be a, a big-time basketball recruit, a D1 guy. Uh, I think he would be a D1 I, guy. I do too. Just, you know. I think he's a bigger D1 guy right. yeah. at the college football. He, he made a heck of a, a, a choice, you know, deciding what what sport he's going to play. Um, on, on top of that, with with Elijah Collins, I'll tell a quick story. I got a chance to go see Elijah Collins and UD Jesuit play on Friday against Dearborn Divine Child. Um, Collins broke off a, a big sixty-six yard run. It showed you exactly why all these D one teams want some. You know, trucked a couple of guys, spun around a couple of guys. Just a, a fantastic run. Um, but after the game, I got a chance to to meet and speak with Elijah's dad, and you know, he he told me the story that when he started off playing basketball, you know, Elijah. You know, was a really good basketball player. Was completely invested in the sport of basketball, but once UD Jesuit won their their basketball title, it seemed like he was ready for for another challenge. He was ready to play another sport and continue playing basketball, obviously. But he wanted to play football. Um, Elijah's dad told me, you know, he's like being a little unsure, you know, whether he wanted him to play football or not. But his drive to play football was just there, and there's nothing you can really do to stop him. Um, he's a great linebacker too. Oh yeah, he really is. I mean, he gets ten, fifteen tackles per game. <laughs> he's just a workhorse, right? 
I mean, so, it, I've only seen him in, I think, one or two games last year. I haven't seen him this year. Right. But I was just amazed at how, you know, he could so easily bust off, like, 150 yards, two touchdowns mm-hmm. uh, on offense, and then just go go on to defense and play the, the outside linebacker spot right. and, and track down 10 tackles, 12 tackles every game. Yeah, I mean, and I think that speaks to just kind of, A, the motivation level for a guy like Elijah Collins, B, just the athletic ability, and... and you know, just just the want to that he has. When you look at Elijah Collins to go from playing basketball, saying, "Oh, I want to try football," and going out and not only trying football but dominating at it and being like you said, offense, defense, everything. You know, he's one of the best in the state. And to be honest, in my opinion, Elijah Collins is is a top three or four football player in the state this year. You know, UD Jesuit is not having a great season. They're one and four, but Elijah Collins is is playing fantastic football kind of in spite of that team's record and I you know the rest of the way it wouldn't surprise me to see UD Jesuit win out it wouldn't surprise me to see Elijah have some put up some more big time numbers um and and he's a guy that if if you have a chance this year you're gonna want to go out to see him um just because he's, he's a fantastic athlete he's a fantastic player um and he's just a total package and I'll throw out a couple of um schools that he was considering in, in his final uh in his list of um his final choices. So obviously uh, he chose Michigan State, but he was also looking very closely at Iowa, um, another Big Ten school, Purdue and Wisconsin, both Big Ten schools, mm-hmm. and then um, Pittsburgh and uh, Mississippi State out of the SEC. Those are some big offers. The one thing about Wisconsin that that I, th- I think I know is that Wisconsin liked him as a running back. They have a 2018 running back commit right now. They liked him as, as a linebacker, like what you were saying. He's that athletic type of guy that that's able to play both sides of the ball. So not only was he a, a, a Division One basketball player, not only was he a Division One running back, he's also a Division One linebacker. Yeah. He, he's he just had, a total pack. He had other offers from the SEC too. Yep. He had Missouri and Kentucky both offered yeah. him. So. so you know he to to make the amount of noise that he did in you know really a year and some change really just shows you just kind of where he is. And you know we were talking about Dwan Mathis and his upside. Elijah Collins, obviously, he's a he's a polished football player, but I think his upside's up there, just because he he's he's just, stra- he's, he's, just stra- so- he's scratching the sur- he's just scratching the just scratching the surface right, right now because he focused so much of his time and effort on basketball for two plus years. Yep. So, just one more recruiting note uh, in terms of commitments. Mm-hmm. Um, brother, Birmingham brother Rice's uh, defensive end, senior defensive end, Mike Lawrence Sell. We talked about this a little bit on the state champs uh, scoreboard show, right? Yep. Um, back on Friday, he committed la- la- early last week to Lehigh, mm-hmm. uh, Division One Double A, right? Uh, power out of um, the uh, Patriot League. I, I, yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, and um, he follows in the footsteps of his prep rival out of the mm-hmm. Catholic Central Catholic League Central Division. Uh, Orchard Lake St. Mary's tailback Rayshon Allen, yep. who committed there back in August, and he's going to be joining a former teammate, Matt Jordan, who right. was a wide receiver for Brother Rice as well. Right. So, kind of the, the Lehigh football squad is kind of jumping into Metro Detroit and getting some some really under the radar gems. I yeah, think. And, and earlier in the decade, uh, they had a, a quarterback from Lake Orion, Chris Lum, That's who, right. who um, broke a, a handful of uh, records. Mm-hmm. Um, Throwing, throwing the football downfield for, for the Mountain Hawks. Right. And then on the basketball uh, court, they got uh, Austin Price from, from Country Day. Right, that's and right. And their basketball coach, Brett Reed, um, it prepped in Oakland County, played at Oakland Christian, and I believe at Waterford Kettering. Mm-hmm. And his dad, Lynn Reed, was the longtime coach at Oakland Community College. I didn't know that. So uh, a lot of ties to uh, the rural Pennsylvania Lehigh campus right. Uh, <laughs> tied right into Metro Detroit. Yeah, just like you'd expect it to. Right. <laughs> um, as far as you know, you, you look at kind of um, the the recruiting for kind of those those smaller schools like Lehigh. It's kind of impressive to see them make the type of impact they've made in the state of Michigan. Just right off the bat, you know, Rayshon Allen is a guy, and and even Mike Lawrence. Hell, these are two guys that could have waited out the recruiting process and maybe heard from a max. School. They had Division One, both of them had Division One offers, right? But for for them to to, to choose Lehigh, I think it speaks very highly of. Of the importance of a academics, yeah, and they want to be student. They want to be true student athletes. Right. They want to go there and, and play college football mm-hmm. and possibly get to the league. And if they don't get to the league, they're going to have a, an amazing education. Right. And I know for Rashawn, and I know for Austin Price, the basketball player, Country mm-hmm. Day, they were uh, 
uh, well, Austin now is is um, enrolled in an engineering program there, and I know that Rayshon is wanting to go into the engineering program at Lehigh, mm-hmm. and their engineering program is one of the best in, in the whole country. So right, and and it speaks volumes to just kind of what Lehigh has been able to do. Just to obviously, it's a very well regarded academic school, but for them to do what they're doing and being able to come into the state of Michigan and kind of get some of these guys, it, it, I think it speaks volumes. I'll give a quick stupid little Bernie go. anecdote. You but need one I, of these I remember as a teenage, or not teenage, as maybe an 11 or 12 year old, um, Oakland Christian was, was in the league that uh, my school played in. And uh, I remember Brett Reed as the point guard at Oakland Christian. And one of the reasons I remember him, because I was 11 or 12 year old, and I was just like I am now. I would just memorize all the lineups and mm-hmm. the players and the numbers and, and what positions they played. And I remember Brett Reed was the point guard at Oakland Christian circa 89 or 90, and he wore number double zero. And that just, oh. I, I was just like a point guard. Like, the only person I knew at that time that wore number double zero was Robert Parrish. From right. uh, the Boston Celtics, right. I didn't know anyone else that wore zero or double zero. It was way before Gilbert Arenas was was uh, you know Agent a- Zero, Agent zero that's and, right. and players were wearing the, the zero or Baron the double Davis zero. Wore zero too, didn't he? Yeah, and uh, I just remember being like, "Why does he wear double zero? He's a point guard." That's right. <laughs> Always gotta get those uh, yeah, Scott those Bernstein factoids from his the ones that you just don't see yes, coming. Those yes. are the best ones. Um, and I'll, I'll just make a couple more um, mm. recruiting notes in terms of visits. Um, and I want to talk about another program that has really come hard into um, Metro Detroit or into the state of Michigan. Mm-hmm. University of Kentucky, right. um, the Wildcats, yep. they got Marquand McCall, the mm-hmm. offensive lineman from uh, Oak Park, four-star. Mm-hmm. They got DeAndre Square, the Viper outside linebacker Our, slash safety. He's a, he's a fantastic for, player. For you know, that's, that's an absolute steal for Kentucky. Cast Tech. And uh, just last week they had um, a potential four-star uh, sophomore offensive lineman Justin mm-hmm. Rogers. I don't. Know, he might be a four star. Yeah, he, he's. I think he's regarded by a lot of people as a four star. And um, he he was down in Lexington um, visiting last weekend, mm-hmm. and I'm sure that uh, his his teammate and line mate right. uh, Mark Juan McCall is in his ear trying to mm-hmm. you know convince him to to go UK. Right. It's kind of impressive. I think you look at um, Kentucky, Iowa State to a certain extent, and even like a school like Syracuse to a certain extent. These are schools that are really kind of jumping into the state of Michigan kind of when you don't expect them to. Like Marquand McCall, in my opinion. Um, yeah, I was surprised. Is, I is, was surprised in the beginning. Right. It's is kind of a higher you know recruit than what Kentucky's track record has proven it to be. Tyrone Sampson, who's going At to Syracuse. Syracuse, in my opinion, is a little bit of a, of a higher prospect than what Syracuse's track record has been in recent years. You know, Iowa State had Dwan Mathis re- for, for a brief Ohio State made time. a living here last year. They right. got a ton of kids. Yeah, that's Richie Bowens from Orchard Lake St. Mary's. Yep. Um, uh, the, the offensive lineman from... Uh, Rob Hudson. Rob Hudson that's from right. Lake Western. Yeah, and it's kind, of, it's kind of impressive just to see they had a, kind of the impact these schools are making. I know these coaching staffs have some serious ties to the state, but, you know, they're, they're making inroads. They're kind of poaching some of the guys that might not have gotten that Michigan or Michigan State offer, but... You know, are that next they got tier a P- of guys? They got a PSL kid now too. I'm I'm blanking on who it is. Iowa State's got it. Oh, Iowa State. Okay. Um, and then another quick note. Um, another guy that plays the Viper, which is that uh, University of Michigan hybrid that's kind of spreading now across uh, several levels of football, which is the hybrid of the outside linebacker safety spot. Lance Dixon, who's who's one of the fastest rising recruits in the junior class. Um, mm-hmm. Lance Dixon, he's one of my favorite players. Yeah, he's you know, just out six, of his class. 6'3", 215. And Alan True was on the scoreboard at the beginning four, of the year. Four. Right, talking about his, a 4'4", four, 440 for somebody his size. Yeah. You know, just for kind of comparison's sake, to, to tell you how fast Lance Dixon is at this age, Jabril Peppers ran like a 4'4", four, 6'6", four, or something like yeah. that. Lance Dixon at well, this There's a point. lot of comparisons. I know Ronnie Bellamy, the former Michigan receiver, NFL receiver, the coaches. The head coach of West Memphis now makes you know says it's it's not overstating, uh, saying that there's a there's a direct uh, direct parallel or direct correlation between what you see right. uh, from Lance Dixon right now as a 16 year old and what you saw from Jabril Peppers right. last year and the year before at Michigan and now as a first round draft pick for the for the Cleveland Browns. So um, Lance in his so Lance started last year his last uh, only started on varsity the last two games of his sophomore year and started at safety. Um, in the summer, just blew up. Everyone fell in love with what they were uh, what they were seeing on the yep. camp and uh, camp circuit, and um, 
picked up 10 offers, including some uh, power conference offers from Purdue, NC State, Iowa, Iowa State. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there'll be a lot more uh, to come from, from that. Michigan, room. Notre Dame, Michigan State, I think they're all knocking at the yeah, door so, for him right uh, now. The last two weeks, he's, he's taken visits. Um, two weeks ago, he visited Notre Dame, mm-hmm. and then last week, he visited Michigan State to see Notre Dame That's right. beat up on Michigan <laughs> <Yeah>. State. <laughs> Uh, Notre Dame put on a show uh, back to back But, but in Lan- just to, to show you though how quickly he acclimated in his first game at the Vipers body at 15 tackles. So uh, <laughs> it's not too bad. Yeah, he, you were talking about someone that passes the eye test. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I'll just uh, put in a, a quick note here for for Coach Bellamy, who I know they lost uh, they lost their starting running back Jordan Rush, mm-hmm. uh, I believe for the year. Okay, they've been putting Colin, Colin Hurd back there, the Buffalo commit, who's yep. committed as a cornerback to Buffalo. Uh-huh. I'm not telling Coach Bellamy what to do. I'm not telling the offensive coordinator at Westmont what to do. I, if I was the coach, I'd be having Lance Dixon run the football. I, I tend to agree with that. I kind of, I, I talked to him before the season, and he kind of said when I asked him if he was going to play any running back, his response was not this year. Yeah. So uh, don't be surprised to see him in the next couple of years playing in the backfield. Um, but that that's a real possibility for him. Um, and going back to you were talking about, there's a PSL kid who's committed to Iowa State. One of the the obvious ones, Javion Morton. Oh, Morton from, right. you know, from the, King. From King. The, the speed. I was demon. thinking Zemaine March from um, from East English Village. Okay, I'm not sure if he's committed yet. Yeah, I don't think. Um, and then, talk, speaking of Lance Dixon being on campus at Michigan State this past weekend, Kalen Gervin, who's probably the top uncommitted senior in the state of Michigan, um, was also on campus. Um, he he's just, you know, I think just about everybody in the country wants uh, Kalen Gervin. Um, he was committed to Notre Dame originally, I believe. Is that correct? Yes. And, and you know, he decommitted. He still may end up back at Notre Dame. I know Notre Dame's still in the mix for him. Um, I think Florida's in the mix for him, and Michigan State obviously is in the mix with him going to the game last weekend. Um, the main march is committed to Northern Illinois. Northern Illinois. I apologize. Okay. Cornerback from East English Village. Gotcha. Um, so I think he's really th- under the radar guy too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, just just piggybacking off what you're saying, and then we'll go back to Kalon Gervin. But uh, I think um, we just want to talk a little bit about uh, best on the board for 2018 yep. guys that are still available that are uh, either uh, decommitted from previous programs or are just full fledged uncommitted. Mm-hmm. And obviously, there's no I mean, there's really no question the the number one on the board is is Kalen Gervin. Yeah, He's got over 40 offers, He's considered a four star. I make the comp- I make the Charles Woodson comparisons. I mean, that's uh, when I see him, I see a young younger version of Charles Woodson. He, he's a he's a guy that just it's such a difficult this day and age. It's such a difficult job to to be a lockdown corner because you know you get those ticky tack calls. He's physical. He's fast. He's agile. He does all the things you look for from a, a cornerback in this day and age. But he kind of has that throwback feel, like you were saying. Um, I think you know. Cast Tech is in the PSL as a whole have been known for producing some serious uh, Division One cornerbacks. You know Jordan Lewis, who's now playing with the Cowboys, um, Desmond King, who played at Iowa for a few years. Just and, the secondary in general. I mean, I'm I'm, yeah. da- I'm getting I'm dating myself a little bit. Dwight Smith. Yeah, oh, yeah. Um, I mean, that's going from Detroit Central, yep. who had a great NFL career. That's right. Um, and I think Kalen Gervin is that guy who's kind of carrying that torch. You know. Um, Levert Hill, who's playing at Michigan, he, yeah. he was a, a fantastic cover corner, and you know he's already playing at Michigan, well, making his impact. Cast Tech has just had a well, well, yeah, I mean, has had a just a, a, a deluge of great uh, defensive backs mm-hmm. in this this recent uh, uh, rise to national prominence. Right. So they went from uh, best program like in the in the '90s and, and through the 2000s. They were, uh, I mean, you could argue they were the best program in the PSL. They, I wouldn't have said they were. A state power, right. <laughs> and then they went uh, from best program in the PSL to a bona fide state power to a bona fide national power. Right, yeah, it's it's something that's seriously Im- impressive. Well, a lot I of it has to do. There's a lot of factors that play into it. Just the, the all the school closings and oh yeah, uh, and, and and you know when I was going to high school in the '90s, I, I want to say there were like 30 or 35 high schools in in, in mm-hmm. the Detroit P- uh, in the Detroit Public School League, and now they're down to like 15. Yeah. And you know, going back to defensive backs from the PSL, my favorite to watch, you know, early on was Damon Webb. Oh yeah, just, just an absolute lockdown cornerback, yeah. just a force in the defensive secondary. I think uh, you can, you know, uh, it's pretty easy to say that the next best on the board right now, uh, uncommitted uh, 2018 prospect in the state of Michigan is Colin Demons, the Detroit Country Day uh, linebacker. Yep, um, is a three-star uh, younger brother of. Uh, mm-hmm. 
Country Day alum, Michigan alum, and retired NFL linebacker Kenny Demons. Right. And has a lot of those same traits that his brother had. Yeah. Uh, you know, can play multiple positions in the linebacking core, inside or outside. Mm-hmm. Uh, is very, very fast uh, and instinctive sideline to sideline. And is one of these uh, character guys, a guy that is going to yeah. be a leader in the hall. Oh, absolutely. And it's going to be kind of a, um, a representation of what you want a student athlete to be. He, let, he lets his play talk yeah. um, a lot of the time. But the, the one thing that's kind of a, a fun comparison to look between Kenny Demons, who played in high school, you know, close to eight years ago, nine years ago at this point. Um, I think he was, I might be mistaken, but I think he was on the 05 or 06 Country Day team that okay. went, to, went to Ford Field and lost. Okay. Um, but but you look at Kenny Demons and you know for for me watching him play he was just a hammer you know just just would come up in the run just you know be a big hitter um, very good obviously you know for for the career that he's had playing in college and then playing a little bit in the pros he's now retired but Colin really seems like he's more of an athletic agile version of a linebacker not quite that physical. Um, you know, running he, downhill I, to stop the run, but I think he's kind of maybe the best of both worlds. Like. Oh, I, yeah, I agree. And to be honest, Colin Demons might have a higher ceiling because of what we were just talking about. You know, this new era of linebacker, Colin Demons yeah. is that. You know, he can he can cover these big, fast, physical tight ends, um, and you know he may end up playing on the offensive side of the ball. You know, just kind of a spoiler alert. He he he's talked about the potential of doing that at the college level, um, but as a linebacker playing sideline to sideline. He's probably just a little bit beyond, or a little bit too much of a linebacker to play that Viper spot that we were talking about, but he's very athletic, very fast, very you know physical to to be able to fill that. Um, Last year, I believe he had seventy five tackles right. and seven sacks and mm-hmm. something like fifteen to twenty uh, tackles for lost yardage. Right, you know he he's a guy that his recruitment's pretty interesting too. Um, He's a guy who's seriously looking at UCLA, yep. um, which I, is something I don't think we really saw. But he took a visit back over the summer, and, and Nebraska was the I believe the, Nebraska was the first to offer him yeah, I as think a so. sophomore. Yeah, I think and then so. Michigan, Michigan State have both come in. Yeah, and he, he's very high on Michigan, Michigan State. He's very high on Nebraska. Uh, I believe he's also pretty high on Wisconsin. Wisconsin yeah. um, I talked to him. He he said he had his plans to to get to Michigan State for a visit. Um, and then he, before he makes a decision, I think after the season, he wants to take one more visit to UCLA. So that I think that should tell you that UCLA is a, a serious possibility for him. Then you look at a couple of the Arizona schools. I don't think they've offered yet, but Arizona, Arizona State, I think they're interested in, in him as well. He's interested in them because his brother, Kenny, yeah, lives in Arizona. And right played the, the majority of his career for the, the Arizona Cardinals. Right. So um, his recruitment, I think, is just wide open as wide open as a high school senior can be at this point. Yeah, so I'll list off uh, maybe the, the, um, the remaining, quote-unquote, three, not quote-unquote, the remaining three-star uh, recruits that are still on the board. Mm-hmm. Patrick Lupo from Belleville, he's a cornerback, but we know that he's getting a couple looks uh, at running back. Right, which surprised he, me. He had decommitted from Bowling Green, and mm-hmm. now he's back on the board. Yep. Uh, Matt Harmon, the uh, outside linebacker, who's another one of these kind of new era outside linebackers, mm-hmm. who w- was at uh, Carlson, is now at Ypsilanti. Yep, that's right. Played for Fred Jackson, I believe. Yep. Uh, Tariq Reed, uh, who we've talked about a lot, could he's, be the he's front, one of my could be one of the front runners for our Mister Football Award. Yep. Uh, finished second last year, I believe. Or finished in the finals. Yeah, he, he was in the top four. That's for sure. Uh, Carlos Veterol, Vetterello, offensive mm-hmm. lineman from uh, UDJ. Uh, you just mentioned uh, Arizona, Arizona State. I know he's got an Arizona offer, right? Um, and he's a um, a six foot four, almost uh, two hundred and eighty five pound uh, guard. Uh, Robert Daniel, a cornerback from uh, Oak Park, mm-hmm. who's got a, a twelve Division one offers. Yep. Uh, ben Van Summeren from uh, Garber, Essexville, Garber. He may be the most intriguing. Who, ha- who, uh, who was committed to Western Michigan? He's six three, two thirty, mm-hmm. and just you can put him anywhere. You can put him at tight end. You can put him at defensive end. You can put him at linebacker. Um, and uh, he's back on the board. Has thirteen offers. Yep. Alex Howie, uh, three hundred pounds, six five, offensive tackle from Salem. Uh, is on the board over a dozen offers. Nick Carey, offensive lineman, 6'7", 300 from, from Catholic Central. He is he's that, still on the board. He's that old-school Detroit Catholic Central lineman that we know we got to see about 10 years ago. Yeah, so those are the, th- the three stars that remain on the board. So there's still a lot of talent left, oh, yeah. uh, in the state's uh, senior class for, for Division One programs to come in and scoop up and, and, and help, the, help themselves for the, for the future. Right, absolutely. Um, one other football recruiting, though, I'm going to put Scott on the, the, Scott on the spot here. Uh, he and I were talking last night. Um, one of our... You know, next five in the Hungry Howie's Mr. Football Award contest is Bryce Veasley, uh, the West Bloomfield quarterback. 
Uh, Scott had kind of a bold prediction regarding kind of the recruitment for Bryce Vizier. Well, I think the, sorry and to interrupt you. What, what could be coming down the road his way in the I near future? I just wouldn't be shocked with the way that he's playing this year. He slimmed down. He went from about – I mean, he was built like a – I say tight end, but he was almost built like an offensive <laughs> lineman. He was a over 250. He's down to about 225, 230 right now. He needed to slim down, take some mm-hmm. of that baby fat out, and it's just made him a much better quarterback. Right. Uh, he's much more elusive. He's uh, getting out of the pocket more than I've ever seen him get out of the pocket. Mm-hmm. And then he's, you know, he's just at the 230, 225. He's built like a Cam Newton or a Dante, yeah. a Dante Culpepper, old school quarterback right. back for the Minnesota Vikings. I'm um, just one of these bigger guys that that will, that's a hall. Uh, uh, to, to bring down if he gets out of the pocket, and as someone that just has a a, a rocket of an arm, mm-hmm. um, he's thrown for over a thousand yards in the last three weeks, uh, ten touchdowns, a thousand yards. Um, not positive about it, uh, how many interceptions he has, but it's been yeah, very very low, uh, and has just he's been the reason that West Moonfield was able to come back from an zero and two start. They're three and zero. They're playing really good football right now. Mm-hmm. They just the last two weeks they beat Clarkson and Rochester Adams, that were the two probably the two best teams in Oakland County. Yep. Um, and uh, you know, as I said in a uh, in one of my columns this past week for the Oakland Press. Uh, it, it's official now. The hype is real. Mm-hmm. It wasn't real the first two weeks. Right. It was uh, a bit fraudulent those first two weeks, but uh, they, they've turned that uh, ship around. Yep. And the hype is is more than more than warranted right now. This is a dangerous group uh, of West Moonfield Lakers, and and really the catalyst, the the bedrock, right. uh, the cornerstone, right. in, in my opinion. And, and this is again, I say all due respect a lot. All due respect to the the bigger. Um, the bigger recruits, the guys that are going to bigger programs like the receivers uh, Mustafa and Abbott, they're going to Wisconsin mm-hmm. or a Dixon that has, uh, you know, it's probably going to end up at a, at, a, at a Big Ten program yep. and they have a handful of other guys. But uh, I, I, my prediction or, or what I foresee possibly happening is Veasley right now is committed to Bowling Green. He's been committed to Bowling Green for uh, about six or seven months. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I just, I, I would find it. I wouldn't be shocked, and I'd almost find it a surprise if this didn't happen, if uh, some of the Big Ten schools started to uh, sniff around him um, in a similar way that uh, Eddie Wilson, uh, a a, a lineman who was originally committed to Bowling Green or Kent State and ended up at Purdue. Um, I forgot about him. There's been a lot of couple other kids at 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 Michigan or sorry at West Bloomfield that that had mid major offers that either during their senior year or after the senior year Mm -hmm. they picked up power conference offers from the Big Ten and switched. And And we saw Navin Mosley play pretty well against Michigan over the weekend. And I just I I think Bryce Veasley. I'm not saying that he's going to end up at Michigan, Michigan State, or Ohio State, Mm -hmm. but I just wouldn't be shocked if he uh, if he ends up at the end of the year or when signing day comes along, not not signing with Bowling Green and possibly signing with a Purdue or. Indiana, right. uh, or or uh, you know one of those um, lower tier Big Ten schools, right? Because um, he has all the you know he's got all all all, all the tools, all the tools. He's yeah. six he's six five six four. As we said, he's about two thirty right now, and um, he just throws a great deep ball. Yeah, and as far as uh, Bryce Veasley is concerned, you know we had a kind of a internal conversation throughout the office, uh, probably throughout this week, really. Um, whether or not Bryce Feasley is that next guy to make it onto our Hungry Howie's Mr. Football Top Ten. Uh, he's off for one more week, but it really wouldn't surprise me if he's he's in the top ten next week, so stay tuned for that. Yeah, and then I guess one other name I'll throw out there, David McCollum. We talked about him yeah, more on the scoreboard yep. uh, last week. Uh, we had a mock fan call in. Uh, David McCollum is playing just some Excellent, excellent field general right now. That's right. Second year starting for, for uh, Waterford Mott. Mm-hmm. He is... Um, he is a uh, another guy who's a dual threat, about six two six three. I'll give you some stats on him right now. Um, I believe he is on the season. On the season, he's got a total of uh, roughly two thousand yards and twenty one touchdowns in, in rushing and passing. Yeah, combined. Yeah, um, the the number that stands out a lot for me for for David McCollum is uh, throwing the ball one hundred two of one forty two. That I think that speaks a lot of, of to what he's doing and, and kind of he fits that system at Waterford Mott really really well and I think that's you know he he's a guy who is going to debut this week on our our next five watch, watch list. list you know along with Bryce Beasley along with a guy like Tristan Robbins um, he's going to be along with Colin Demons who was once a Mister Football candidate now he's back in the next five DeAndre Square from Cast Tech those are our next five to watch um, 
So keep keep it tuned to those those guys. I think uh, I think any one of those guys could at some point just randomly pop up. In McCollum the has 10. one offer. It's from Louisville, so I mean it's mm-hmm. not a it's no it's not a shabby offer. Right. It's got a Louisville <laughs> offer. Um, I think one of the things that might be uh, preventing some of the uh, schools to come in and pull the trigger is the height issue. He's only about six right. two, yeah. and in this day and age, and it, frankly, it might be a stretch to say six two. He might be closer to six one. Mm-hmm. Um, and in this day and age, you know, everyone's looking for quarterbacks that are six four, six five. Yeah. But I you know I just I've always said that sometimes these these quote unquote uh, measurables or or, or uh, these kind of uh, uh, cubbies that we want to put certain players or certain positions and they have to be this height and this weight. Yep. I, I just think it's, it's way overblown sometimes. Maybe oh, at the pro level, no doubt about but it. at the college level, I mean, you look at a guy like Johnny Paddock from Bloomfield Hills, who's yeah. a Ball State commit, and he's only about 6'1", and I make the Drew Brees comparisons. Yep. You know, there's no question he's one of the best quarterbacks in the state. He's way overlooked, and if this, and we've said this before, if this kid was 6'3", or 6'4", he'd be going to the Big Ten. Right. And maybe he should still be going to the Big Ten at 6'1". And he still but could. it is what it is. I mean, you, you can't help it, but at the same time, I think sometimes you just have to look past that and see, look at what you're seeing on the field. Right. And with David McCollum, what, he see, what you're seeing on the field warrants more offers than the one offer. Right. And uh, right now we're going to switch gears. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about um, some basketball news, not necessarily high school basketball news, but it has a direct impact on high school basketball in the state of Michigan, a player with some ties to, to the state of Michigan. Um, you know, last night, it seemed, this morning, it really seemed to kind of come down um, an FBI investigation, you know, into college. That's really what's the most surprising to me. So Louis, so we just found out that Rick Pitino has been pretty much fired it, from, from Louisville. Incredibly stunning that For, Rick, Rick Pitino was caught doing something. Right. Under- <laughs> this is the second scandal that his program's been uh, scooped up in in the last, what, two years? Yeah. Um, if that. And, yeah. And um, w- what's really most surprising about this is not that, that there's a, uh, an investigation into corruption or, or mm-hmm. Uh, shady doing, sh- shady, uh, shady workings in 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 the in the in the realm of college sports because we just unfortunately know that that's kind of uh, uh, and I don't want to say that it it, it it happens more than you'd want to know right and it's, oh, yeah. and it's unfortunate no it. and it's systemic in a mm-hmm. lot of ways. What's surprising about this is that it, this this is a this is a criminal federal investigation. Yeah. So this yeah. isn't like the NCAA is going to come down and say, oh, you're suspended from coaching, or oh, you can't make the tournament for this couple mm-hmm. years, or you can't be on national television. This is like, you're going to jail. Right. <laughs> this is, so there's a big difference. Yeah, there, this is legitimate uh, FBI, FBI fraud yeah, investigation. Federal investigation. You know, is, this yeah. is, you know, into Cri- fraud. This is criminal wrongdoing. Yeah, and it, it's it's something that's specifically tied to Michigan. Um, so one of the a, players a, that is a, being implicated in this yep. is former Saginaw Arthur Hill, Arthur Hill, um, four star, five star, uh, yeah, uh, four wing five, yeah. Brian Bowen. We call him Tugs, mm-hmm. and Tugs Bowen ended up leaving the state for his just his senior year, or his junior, his year? junior year. He went to La Lumiere in Indiana, a prep school. Um, played really well there, for what it's worth. Um, Still kept Michigan State very high on his board in the recruiting. Well, I'll tell you what, you know, I'm not going to make any assumptions. Everyone's innocent until proven guilty, and I'm not going to cast any dispersions. But I will say that um, for for almost from the start, uh, from the time he was a freshman until he committed, mm-hmm. uh, Michigan State was was the school. Yeah. And, and then all of a sudden, Louisville kind of out of nowhere uh, came in and, and grabbed the commitment. Um, and now we're hearing that uh, you know possibly, s- oh, allegedly, uh, six figures worth of money yep. was being a um, hundred thousand dollars yeah. through um, Adidas and s- some other uh, uh, intermediaries were, were was right. being funneled um, in his direction. Right. Well, allegedly, the interesting thing with Brian Bones is, like you said, you know, Michigan State was at the forefront, the lead of his recruiting. Um, after the news came back that Miles Bridges was coming back to Michigan State. Quickly turned out, you know, you know. I think some Michigan State fans held on to hope that maybe Bones would go to East Lansing, um, but it became pretty obvious that he was looking elsewhere. I think he immediately started looking at Arizona for some time, and then right out of the clear blue, Louisville. Uh, well, I'm going to make another. Uh, I'm going to I'm going to give another situation, <laughs> and and again, I'm not. This is just all my opinion, and mm-hmm. I'm not saying that this happened. But it, it, what kind of looked? Sometimes if it looks like a duck and it quacks like a duck. Uh, sometimes it's a duck. It's not a goose. Uh, Josh, <laughs> Josh Jackson, his recruiting, uh, the, the, the current Phoenix Sun NBA lottery pick, number three pick in the draft, yep. one of the best uh, basketball prospects the state of Michigan's ever seen. Mm-hmm. And he also left to go to prep school. 
um, as a sophomore. He left to go to a prep school that was actually built for him yep. um, out in um, out in Napa Valley, California, and yep. a lot of um, uh, Under Armour was was one of heavily behind heavily it. behind it. And now he's signed to Under Under Armour with Steph Curry, mm-hmm. and Under Armour also came in and and started an AU program that that he was a part of uh, One Nation. But uh, I know that. His recruiting, and I followed it very closely, he was uh, Michigan State, Arizona, Kentucky, and North Carolina. Mm-hmm. Kansas was nowhere near the city. Not nowhere until n- the end. And then at the very end, Kansas yeah, for like came for the la- last couple of months. Yeah. And I, heavily it, involved. It just, uh, I'm not, again, I'm not saying that he was paid. I'm not saying Kansas paid him. I'm not saying he took money. But it's just something that just to me looked just like I had been following his recruiting for, for three years or four years. And I never heard Kansas was anywhere near right. being on the radar. And then all of a sudden it's on the radar and that's where he went. Right. So, um, You know, you, you look at Josh Jackson's recruitment. The one thing that was interesting about his recruitment um, is there was always, you know, a, a plan B. You know, Michigan – well, there was uh, talk Kentucky, about. There was also talk Michigan about. State, I should say Kentucky, and then that that Plan B or Plan C or Plan D. There was which, a there's a Plan C there. Right, right? That was going overseas, either going overseas or going to. Um, I also had heard from from people in his camp that there was there was some semi pro league. Right. That I, I had heard rumblings of that. Yeah, so there there was like a Plan mm-hmm. B, a C, and a D. Yeah, but kind of you know going through, especially with Bowens, and you can even include. Um, Josh Jackson to and a certain extent, not because not because of there's any even semblance of any idea that Josh Jackson got paid, but college basketball recruiting as a whole has always been 100 percent bizarre to me. Yeah, I've, it's something it's only I've gotten never more bizarre, and it's only gotten uh, more uh, I don't know, it not and all not across the board, but it's only mm-hmm. gotten more corrupt in certain corners. Well, it's only gotten more corrupt, and, but we also look at. I think college recruiting is a motivating factor for a lot of the, for some of the exodus from the state of Michigan. Some of these kids yeah. are going through. I think they want to go somewhere else, whether it's they want more you know um, recognition, they want more coverage, they want whatever it may be. I think college recruiting plays a big enough role in you know taking some of these guys out of the state of Michigan, out of other states too. It's not just the state of Michigan. Let's state the obvious too. Mm-hmm. Division one college basketball and Division one college football are a business. Yes, that's what it is. It's a multi-billion-dollar business. Mm-hmm. Don't fool yourself. Don't think, oh, well, we're giving a kid, a, you know, he's coming and giving us basketball for four years, and we're giving him a, a four-year scholarship for an education. That's not true. Right. That's a fallacy. That's a myth. A kid that's going to play big-time college football, college basketball, his scholarship is one-year renewable. He can be, right. he can essentially be cut or pushed out of the program as quick as the fumble he he had on Saturday, right. or as quick as the missed uh, game-winning three-pointer he had on Sunday, or as missed as the snarky comment he made to his coach on Tuesday at practice, right. or as quickly as the other uh, recruit at his position in the in the class uh, below him uh, intrigues his coaching staff more than. Than him, and they they, they they edge him out in favor of that guy. Yep. So it's it's you know it's it's there's it's there's so many tentacles to this mm-hmm. issue, and it's it's just so layered and so complicated. It's so much um, uh, so much. It's just, it's the, it's the opposite of simple. Right. And, and sometimes we like to simplify it. Uh, for the purposes of of, of of talking about it or writing about it, mm-hmm. but it's just the, it's so deep. And um, right. Let me just also say this about Josh Jackson. I, I don't know Tugs Bowen. I never met Tugs Bowen. Josh Jackson is a great kid. Yes, he oh, really without is. Without a doubt. And and Josh Jackson, for someone that had as much hype around him from eighth grade forward, he was an incredibly humble, incredibly gracious, incredibly level uh, level headed. He yep. was someone that didn't walk around. Walk around um, you know, I just kind of remember as a kid, uh, you know, Chris Weber when I was a kid, mm-hmm. uh, when I was 11 or 12, he was the second coming of God. Uh, you know, he was the number one recruit in the country in some of the way that uh, that Josh Jackson was. And, I, I mean, I, I guess your perception as 11 or 12 year old is a little different, but I just remember, you know, Chris Weber walked around town like he was already a pro. Yeah. Uh, well, I think your, your perception of Chris Weber was kind of <laughs> the same as a lot of people. Yeah. I, I was obviously way too young at the time. But Josh, you, you weren't the only one who thought that of Chris Josh Robert. Jackson was very approachable. Um, yes, uh, Mama Jackson sheltered him in, 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 a, in, a, in, a, in a positive way. Right, yeah. Wanting to make sure that he was you know, ready when he was ready to talk to the press. 
uh, ready to, to to make the jumps that he needed to jump to uh, to, to to make this a career, which he is mm-hmm. going to make it a career, and uh, is <laughs> pretty, just incredibly talented. Um, and I guess my only criticism of Josh Jackson when he was playing is that he wasn't self that he was that he was too unselfish. Yeah, and that was uh, you know kind of like a LeBron James in some ways, where you're just like, I want you taking the last shot. I don't want you being the decoy, even though. Right. Uh, but but Josh Jackson is 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 a tremendous young man and a tremendous basketball player, and mm-hmm. by no means am I saying that he took money or 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 that Kansas gave him money. Uh, it just I was trying to just you know put that into context with with what we're seeing now and and just kind of like uh, you know maybe a minor impression that I had uh, mm-hmm. around his recruiting. But he's a great kid and he's someone who who deserves all the credit and all the love that he that he's getting. Right. Going back to to Louisville to Bowen's you know Auburn's another basketball program that's heavily involved in this. Chuck Person, the rifleman, mm-hmm. is one of the assistant and coaches that got indicted, former N- uh, former NBA All-Star. Yep, and um, Bruce Pearl, who is far from a, a clean basketball yeah. coach. You know, stunning that he and Rick Pitino got yeah. caught doing something. Um, but going back to it, let's state another obvious. the How out of control that this recruiting has become, paying recruits, things like that, is, is a result and, and I would say a result of one thing, you know, how out of control it is. Not like it didn't happen before this, but how out of hand it is is a, is a result of one thing. It's AAU. I think yeah. I think AAU basketball has provided a platform for some of these these behind the scenes dealings. It's just it's just gotten bigger and dirtier and. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't mean every AAU basketball program right. is doing this. And in, some ways it's a necess- in some ways, AAU is a necessary evil right. for, for kids that need oh, to be absolutely. recruited. I mean, they need to be out there in the summer circuit so they can get looks they're not going to get right. in, 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 in the, during the, their, their prep season. Mm-hmm. But um, it, it just it, sometimes when you, when you leave those events and you, you talk to some of those people and you see some of the stuff, what, what's going on, yep. you just want to take a shower afterwards. Right. Oh, yeah. It, it's just, that's just how it is. Um, but one other thing, and – if this aspect of football, you know, high school football isn't, you know, kept kept an eye on very, very closely, football will be right behind yeah, it. And it's seven already, on sevens. Yeah, seven on sevens. And seven on sevens and AAU, they're not the same, but they both, you know, if a program wants to, they provide the same type of platform for these behind-the-scenes dealings, allowing kids to get paid in a certain way. So seven on seven, if it's not dealt with, you know, pretty quickly, I think football could be right behind where basketball is right now. And, you know, we're seeing this, to, you know, today with Rick Pitino, Bruce Pearl, all of these other coaches. This is just the start of it. You know, that there's plenty more that's going to come out in the next couple of days, couple of weeks, couple of months. Yeah. Um, and it, I think it's going to turn high school basketball recruiting, you know, on its ear. And we're going to see a huge impact in the coming months and years. And, you know, five years from now, we're going to look at basketball recruiting in a completely different light than how we see it right now. So that does it for today's SC Prep Insiders podcast. One last reminder, we are brought to you by Hungry Howie's Dough Razor and Diversified Members Credit Union. Um, Scott, thanks again for joining me today, and uh, we'll be back next week.